0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 256 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Timothy chapter 4 today, and our focus is on what do demons teach, plus the dangers of Christians propagating myths. Fake news and false conspiracy theories. So we are a daily podcast that aims to be about ten minutes, but usually goes about twelve or thirteen minutes. Where our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible listening, understanding, following, and obeying. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Tel Aviv, Israel, Pizza Nulok, Thailand, parts unknown, Russia, Gujarat, India, Kiev, Ukraine saskatchewan canada parts unknown luxembourg new orleans louisiana new york new york greensboro north carolina and paducah kentucky thanks for joining us please do check out our website bible 2021.com that is bible 2021.com you can contact us there and every episode has its own show notes page with basically a full transcript. Well today's passage though short is quite deep and a kind of inscrutable or somewhat difficult to understand. There's just several statements made in 1 Timothy 4 that could just be turned into their own whole podcast and a lot of things that uh you you read there and you scratch your head and say, "Well Paul, what exactly do you mean?" We're not going to attempt to explain everything in the chapter today. Don't think we could, but we will seek to focus on a couple of things. First, a provocative question. What do demons teach? Well, the answer is really quite surprising. But before we get to it, let's consider something Paul tells us here that is echoed all throughout the New Testament. In 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, Paul says, The Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. Well, compare what Paul says there with these other passages. For instance, Second Peter three three, which says, Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Or Paul again in Second Timothy three one, know this, hard times will come in the last days. Or how about Jude verse 18? In the end, there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. And finally, Jesus, several times in Matthew 24, verse 4, he says, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And then in verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And then in verse 24 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And of course, the context of Matthew 24 is it's all about the last days. So in other words, there are an alarming number of scriptures, and I didn't read all of them, not nearly all of them, that indicate the last days will be characterized by great deception. False teachers, scoffers, false prophets, and deceptive signs and wonders. And in our passage today, Paul indicates some of the things that will be taught, taught by human hypocritical liars with seared consciences, which means they don't feel guilty or bad about doing wrong things. But the teachings they're in teaching, according to Paul, are inspired by deceitful spirits and demons who apparently are influencing these hypocritical liars slash false teachers. And what sort of doctrines do they teach? Blood sacrifice? The carving of 666 tattoos on your arm? Biting off the heads of bats? Well, actually, no, not at all. Something seemingly a lot more mundane than that, Paul's going to tell us in verses 2 Through five, he says they forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods that God created to be received with gratitude by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Well, this tells us something. False teachings and teachings that are demonic are not always twisted and hideous in an obvious sort of ways to us. Sometimes, False teaching inspired by demons looks legalistic and is a twisting of the scripture or an adding of commands where God doesn't command. It sounds very similar to the way Jesus challenged the Pharisees in Matthew 23, verses two through three. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses, therefore do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what, what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. And I believe the tying up of heavy loads refers to their adding to Scripture so many commands and traditions. Adding to God's commands that which he hasn't commanded can be just as demonic and dark and deceitful as things we would consider more obviously evil and wrong. It's worth remembering that. We have to take care to never add nor subtract from God's word, lest we be part of some sort of elaborate end times deception that the Bible guarantees is going to come. Well, second topic. I've noticed something over the past few years, in particular the last couple of years, and I'm not going to cover this nearly as deeply as I would like to. You know, it's supposed to be a 10 minute podcast, but I've seen it and I bet you have too. And I. Hope you're not participating in it, but more and more and more Christians are online on social media and blogs and various places, and even just in day-to-day conversations, they're talking about unproven conspiracy theories and claims with the same amount of passion and confidence that they talk about the things of God, the, the good news and Bible teachings and things like that. And I believe our passage today challenges that sort of behavior. Paul says this, in First Timothy 4, 7, have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Well, look, I fear Christians have done much damage to their reputation by posting and writing and allying with so many people who are posting unverifiable myths with incredible confidence. And And look, I'm going to name names a little bit. I place a lot of the QAnon movement in this category because much of what has been so confidently predicted by QAnon has actually proven to be verifiably false. And yet many Christians seem to uh, believe in a lot of Q conspiracy theories and they've shared Q-related, QAnon related conspiracy theories online and other similar things with a lot of passion and belief and vigor. Is the whole basis of the QAnon conspiracy false? You know what? I have no idea. I'm not that plugged in to Washington politics and things of that nature. I honestly have no idea. And if you're honest, chances are you don't either. In fact, chances are 99.9% of the people listening to this really aren't plugged in enough to know. That's the thing. The fact is, the vast majority of us just aren't that well connected, and thus, we have to be very, very careful to have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths, and nothing to do with posting things we can't know for sure are true. When we post false things, it detracts from our credibility. Shouldn't followers of Jesus be far more concerned with training in godliness? First Timothy 4, 7, rather than understanding the deepest and darkest inner workings of our government. I mean, ugh. Brothers and sisters, may we have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Be careful. Be really careful. Look, that radio host you listen to, you might think, hey, he's got it nailed. He knows. He knows. But do you know that he knows? And if you don't, if you can't testify to the truth of something, allow me to encourage you to be careful about confidently posting it online because there's a lot of people that are unsaved out there that are listening to you and associating your political posts, your conspiracy theory posts, your other posts with the fact that you're a Christian. It's sort of like the whole situation in restaurants. Sometimes I cringe When you, and and you've, if you know like waiters and waitresses, you've heard something like this before. Like they will talk about how rough the after church crowd can be on Sundays sometimes. They're rude, they tip less, and they don't behave very Christianly. And I've seen that. I've seen. People complain bitterly about their meal and act like jerks and then pray over their food. And I'm like, look, if you're going to behave like that, don't pray over your food. Don't show your waiter or waitress that that's how a Christian behaves. And I guess I feel kind of similar about what the kind of stuff we're posting online. We've got to be careful because if we're posting things that aren't verifiable, and in particular, if we're posting things that uh, are later proved to be false, again, it undermines your credibility. So let's take Paul's advice to heart. Have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train ourselves in godliness. Charles Spurgeon said this uh many, many years ago. In these times, there are tendencies to absurdities of the same kind that Paul is talking about in First Timothy 4, seven, and we should be on our guard against them. That which pretends to be wiser, deeper, or holier than the word of God must come from the father of lies. Ouch. Well, let's read our passage in total. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now, the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. They forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods that God created to be received with gratitude by those who believe and know the truth for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving since it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths Rather, train yourselves in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason, we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching persevere in these things, for in doing this you will save both yourself and your hearers. Amen. Well, let us close out with our Bible passage for the month of September, which is found in Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, and says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. May the word of God equip you, dear friends, for every good work that the Lord calls you to. Good day and Godspeed.